a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars Protect. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Glen Helen wrap-up the hills of helen uh went down yesterday round two of the lucas oil ama pro motocross championships and uh we're here to uh talk all about it and uh let you guys know what happened and what went down uh especially yesterday man it was it was really nutty uh first up though flyracing.com weston pike uses fly racing and he motored to a fifth overall blake baggett wears fly racing and he motored to a third overall uh whether it's the f2 carbon fiber with mips whether it's the uh kinetics 2017 and a half whether it's the uh light hydrogen gear flyracing.com knows what knows what you want knows how you do it and uh it fits well and uh, please check out flyracing.com for uh more they have more than just gear as well. So please check them out, and we thank those folks from Fly Racing and WPS. Uh, they are killing it on the rag. Also, too, uh, Alpine Stars protects, whether it's the uh, BNS Tech Carbon uh, Neck Support uh, deal, the A1 Roost Guard, or the Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace, Alpine Stars protects. The Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace primary function is reduce the risk and severity of injury by preventing excessive hypertension of the knee in an accident. Constructed from an innovative, advanced, ultra-lightweight carbon polymer compound for improved strength and performance in extreme temperatures. Please check them out. Alpine Stars Protects. Go to the website. Check them out. We thank those guys as well. Okay. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line to review the Helen in only the way that they can. Uh, first up, he's my boss at Racer X Online. He's the voice of uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? Dude, that was pure chaos. It was so chaotic that in the uh, post-race video show that we did, that'll be up tomorrow. Did we even mention Dylan Ferrandis winning a moto? Was that? Well, I, I, it was like that was like priority number twelve of all the crazy stuff that happened. I, I don't even know if we remember to bring that up. Uh, I don't know. I got kicked off by Coombs. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you definitely didn't bring it up. Yeah, uh, you did get kicked off, fired from the show. But seriously, what a nutty day. Yeah. No, it was it was crazy. I mean, Zach Osborne wins the overall with a four two. Uh, Ferrandis goes nine one. Jeremy Martin one seven. Uh, yeah, eight two for Baggett. It's uh, two. It's crazy. Uh, Tomac Grant DNFs basically the uh, Grant DNFs the second moto. Tomac uh, has a brake problem. Um, yes, it was uh, it was crazy, and that's that's Glen Helen for you though in a little bit. Uh, talking about Glen Helen and more. Guy who raced there a few times. From FlyRacing.com, former top privateer, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Yeah. Since we didn't do it, I think I'll jump in there with that. He kind of did. I thought it was good. Oh, okay, I missed. I missed it. Um. Anyway, 
Yeah, Glen Helen wasn't my favorite place. It's much better when I watch it on TV, though. I really enjoy it when I watch it on TV. The word in the pits, uh, Weege, and maybe you can confirm this, was that Davey Coombs, MX Sports, uh, Racer X uh, publisher or editor, of course, in chief, he uh, he kind of told Jody Weisel and uh, and everybody at Glen Helen, like, you guys got to change some things. Like, the big jump was gone in the back, and and uh, apparently Jody had an idea to water the crap out of a swamp section again. And Davey and MX Sports were like, hey, let's let's back it off a little bit, and I'm glad. Yeah, the only one I know about is the um, the classic muddy ruts on purpose section. Yeah, uh, Davey definitely did intervene on that. He actually just sent over a story that he wants to post tomorrow about them kind of like, okay, you can make it muddy and rutted, but just not nearly as bad as you normally do. I know they compromised there. The jumps, I'm not sure. I think one thing that jump in the back last year got so much talk because they were literally jumping off at 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the worst section last year. Do you remember how gnarly the supercross jumps were? Yeah. You know, they go past the grandstands and they go back and forth and then back again. Yep. That was like as difficult a rhythm lane as any supercross track throughout the entire year, but you're doing it when it's rutted and rough and hot and thirty plus two uh and your bike is not obviously supercross suspension. I thought that was the most ridiculous part last year and that was not that was completely gone. Yeah. So for whatever reason, and the riders all said it, yeah, they were much happier with the yep. jump being toned down. I, I heard, I didn't hear people loving Glen Helen this year, but I definitely heard less complaints than a year ago, that's for sure. There's no doubt. You can watch Glen Helen replay, or you can watch any other uh, round of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships on the NBC Gold app, all the qualifiers, Moto 1s, Moto 2s, every battle, every crash, every Moto archives. It's like two bucks a Moto, everybody. Uh, you can learn more at NBCSportsGold.com. But get the app. If you have no cable, this app is for you. And uh, so far, I bought it last weekend. I had no code, no freebie, even though they're advertising on the show. I bought it, and I loved it. worked great to go back and watch the archives. So uh, please check them out, everybody. Um, so there you go. Um, so as I was saying, yeah, less complaints about Glen Helen this year than I've heard before. Um, I would look, Weege, I'll start with you. I would look for a new front brake master cylinder on the uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki of Eli Tomac next week. Dude, uh, obviously it's bad as far as losing points. But what makes it uh, even sting worse is I did see Tomac at the end of the day. He came out of his motorhome and was just hanging out and signing some autographs and stuff. And then uh, this random guy, I think the hen comes up to him and says, hey, we need to start doing start boot camp. Two straight weeks, start boot camp. And you can see Eli, the look on his face is like, who are you? What, what, why would I do starts with you? And then the guy detected that Eli had no clue what was going on. And he's like, hey, Jack McGrath. So it was Jeremy's dad. They're going to kidnap him. He was start practice. <laughs> Eli was overall, yeah, I thought it was a really funny exchange. Uh, so when Jack was done talking to him, then I said, hey, can you talk for a minute? And he said, yeah, but he literally had nothing to say in the interview. I mean, literally nothing. He was so mad, not about losing the points. They can make points up, dude. It's a long season, and he's not even that far behind. The fact that this has happened twice now, he was furious, and that means furious at the team, at the bike. If you run into someone and it was just incidental contact, that'd be one thing, but I can tell you this wasn't that. He was very mad. Yeah, I looked like in the replay at first, I thought he clipped Grant, and then anything could have happened, but he didn't. He didn't touch Grant upon the replay, so... um, 
Yeah, it definitely wasn't good. And uh, from what I understand, the same issue they had in Dallas earlier this year, and, and it's a different brand of front master cylinder. And yeah, it has a little bit of a flaw where you where you grab it real quick, JT, and you almost lock the piston in, and the piston doesn't come back out. You know, like if you super grab it fast. Yeah, that uh, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know, and and honestly. I would say many people would claim neither are you, Mathis. Um, but that that can't happen. Whatever's going on, whatever they need to change, uh, arguably they've already lost one title this year because of a break, front break, and now they have a 15-point deficit because of the same front break issue. So I don't. I like I said, I'm not mechanically smart enough to know what they need to change, but something needs to change because that that can't happen. You can't just be riding along in your front brake lock up, causing you to have to cut your front brake line. That just can't happen. 15 points down in the uh, in the championship. Is that right? Yep, 15 points. Okay, 15, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm still not I'm still not uh, worried. I think he, uh, he's got this, but the starts... But hold on, what? because I'm actually, I'm writing about this because, okay, this is basically the situation he put himself in in Supercross, and he was up against what I would consider a much tougher and more established competitor in Ryan Dungey. Um, and Marvin may prove out that he, you know, maybe he earns those accolades one day, but not yet. You know, Ryan was one of the best ever, you know, the second most national wins ever. Uh, so he's, he earns that respect. But he's put himself into a 15-point hole after four motos because of, you know, bad starts and mechanical problems. And he's, he's doing them to himself again, just like he did in Supercross. He was the best guy in Supercross. I can say that without any hesitation, he was the fastest and best rider in Supercross series. But because of those things we're talking about, he didn't win the championship. So are we going to see that same thing again? No. Because Marvin, Marvin's gone 2-2-1-3. Two, two, and, yes, he's not as fast as Eli, but that's what Ryan Dungey did to him. Ryan was there week in and week out. He won a couple of races, but he finished up front. And now after two rounds, he's got a 15-point lead. So I'm not saying that Eli's not going to win the title. I think he's obviously still the favorite. But this is the same recipe for disaster that we just watched go on for five months. Yeah, and, uh, he's good, though. He's good. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're giving him the yeah. automatic he's good. But I, I don't think you can say that after we just watched what we saw in Supercross. <laughs> Lots of races left. I don't think Marv is going to be, you know, as, as anywhere near what Dunge was as far as consistency. Maybe, though, like but you what, said, what maybe. about the first moto, though, you know? Well, like yeah. that, that was just Eli not being quick enough to catch Marv, yep. you know? Yeah, no. That wasn't a bike problem. That was just – it was basically the same thing that Ryan did at Atlanta. Well – It was the same scenario. I got to watch it back, but, uh, Weege, what was he when he went out? Because I was going to say, I don't think he wins Moto2 either. Where was he? Yeah, it was about the same. It was like, I think he was around 13th. Yeah. 13th-ish yeah. at the first lap. And it was the first moto. And the second moto was was similar, probably just around outside the top 10. Yeah, like, I don't think he wins uh, moto two either. That's, that was my point was, I'm like, oh, boy. Like, he's kind of. Not with the way Anderson was riding. Yeah, he's in tough here, you know. So, um, yeah, well, it's uh, it's interesting uh, to see. But I, I don't know. Weege, what do you think? I mean, 15 points, I, I'm, I'm still very confident. 15 points is not really an issue. You know, it's like you expect, oh, he DNF, he's down 25. But Marvin didn't win the second moto. He lied a six-point lead going in. I think the, here's, here's what's big, though. Him not winning the first moto and maybe not winning the second moto, 
that's almost as big. I mean, losing points and finishing 19th is obviously massive. But the point is, after the first photo, I'm like, well, there it is. There goes the 24-0. and And I have to think for Marvin. Okay, Marvin got caught by him. So Marvin probably leaves Hank kind of saying, damn it all, even if I get a whole shot, even if I have the lead, even if it's a bad start, the dude might catch me. Mm-hmm. And Marvin was looking around a lot in that first moto, I think expecting to see him. So that's got to be a huge boost of confidence for Marvin to be like, okay, next time I got the whole shot, maybe I'll just win. He had never won a moto before in this class or an overall. So I think that first moto and the overall win and all that is a massive boost for Marvin who's trying to take this alpha dog mentality now that Dunge is out. Uh, so I think that's almost as big as the loss of points. It's going to make it that much harder for Eli to get it back because I now think what we saw in the first moto, maybe that happens a couple more times, well, t- t- and uh, that's going to make making up 15 points a lot harder. I'm not a, I'm not a massive believer in Marv as far as, like I said, as far as being Dunge quality, you know, of a rider. Yeah. But yep. through four motos, Marv's average start is a 2.8. The next guy is Josh Grant at a 6.3 average start. The next guy after that is in the eights. Like, none of these dudes, um, Christian Craig's in there too, but he's out with injury. None of these guys, Anderson, uh, Tomac, Baggett, uh, guys that we that we said would be his challengers, are anywhere near his average start after four motos. Yes, it's a small sample size. But you know what I mean? Like, but the thing about it is, not for Eli, any of those guys are yeah. not good starters usually. Yeah, yeah. And so right now, through four motos, Marv is like, yeah, I'll take this. I'll start top three, and you guys will all just continue to uh, jerk around in the back. Yeah, I really think the storyline here, and I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not the one that gets to talk about storylines. Weech does. But I really think it's Eli opening the door again. I mean, he dominated the Supercross series if you really look at what went on and who was the best guy. And he didn't win simply because he just, just like we talked about with Damon Bradshaw in 92, he left the door open. He created too many opportunities for Ryan Dungey. And right now, you know, who knows how the season's going to play out, but right now he's creating opportunities for Marvin Muskan. So, I mean, that, to me, that's a, that's a huge deal. Like, you can't continually give people windows to success like he's doing when you're the best guy, you know, you should be dominating. He should have dominated 2017 so far with the speed and the ability and the, the just the raw edge that he's had, and he simply hasn't done that. He, he's 0 for 1 in titles, and now he's 15 points down after two rounds. You're panicking too much. I'm not panicking. I, I don't <laughs> care. I'm a fan of this. I'm just telling you that it's, for them, you have the best guy, and you're not winning titles, and you're 15 points down after two rounds. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. Um. Anderson? I think he's going to be fine, and I think he's still the favorite. But for sure, this is almost a worst-case scenario. To hand that much confidence to Marvin and to hand him that many points. Uh, well, after, after you just a lot lost more the title, be- it should be. But yeah, after you yeah, just lost the title it. because of this is what, you know, that, that's the whole thing. If, if he had not right. lost the title in Supercross, yeah, no big deal. You know, the best guy. But we just watched what this can do. That, that's what I think really kind of – yeah. You know, gave me the the cause for for concern is that we just watched what these mistakes will lead to. Surpri- I'm surprised. I'm talking about Marv, uh, overall winner. Congrats on that. Baggett and Anderson really yarded him second moto. Like he was good. He got third. Maybe he knew he he got third overall and he had the he had the overall in the bag or something. If when he was in third, but I think that's one of the reasons why you know I'm confident about for Eli still is because. 
Like Anderson and Baggett just motored away. Good job for Marv, killer first moto. It was pretty hot there, and the track was gnarly. So um, I, I just, it's going to be real, real, lots of parody in this class, I think, if these guys can get their starts figured out. I did ask Marv in the press conference about the second moto, if he was just counting on the overall. And for starters, he might not have even known that Tomac was out. So just that alone, you would think, like, I better hustle. Tomac's probably back here somewhere. He could be right behind me. So I was like, were you backing off the whole time? And he said he kind of had in his mind that he knew Anderson and Baggett probably weren't in it for the overall. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know how Marvin is. He's pretty honest. For the most part, he just kind of said, I couldn't get him. The track was gnarly, and I couldn't really charge, and I, I couldn't find lines. So it was pretty much a straight-up, they rode better than him, yeah. which uh, is a pretty big breakthrough also. So Anderson goes 5-1, wins his first 450. Uh, did he ever, has he ever won a 250 motocross moto? One. One, okay. One. I felt that. He has two career moto wins. That seems bizarre, right? Yeah, it does. It does. But So Anderson wins, goes 5-1, and um, going into the next, next week, I was talking to Bobby Hewitt, the team owner, and the the elevation sickness like none of this none of the drugs can get WADA approved and so they think the the best thing that they could do what was what worked at Salt Lake City and that's going in as late as you can so they're going to try that for Lakewood so we'll see what happens it's interesting uh, interesting to see how Anders is going to do in Lakewood of course next year he went you know last year he went DNF DNF didn't start so um, that's the plan for now should be interesting and uh, and Baggett finally. Finally does something. Uh, I guess it's only four motos, but 8-2 on the day. He rode well in that second moto. Anderson was better, but uh, Blake gets his first podium of a uh, 450 with an 8-2. So he wasn't totally, like, dominant, but he still rode really well. Um, and uh, did you talk to him after the race, Weege? That's your guy. Yeah, uh, I got a lot there. They changed uh, pretty much everything you could possibly change on a bike between Hangtown and Glen Helen. And I think what you're seeing is the difference between – Marvin and Anderson, who have been riding that same bike for a while now, they basically, Anderson said he changed nothing. Marvin said he changed a few things, and back it changed everything. Uh, and kind of the, the word I got was like, they were like 60% of the way there at Hangtown, and they're like 80 or so percent of the way there now. But he still seems to think that there's stuff they can learn. Uh, I know it's like, oh, but he rode so good in Supercross, but it's still his first outdoor races on this bike. So it's going to take a little more time, I think. What did you think, JT, of, of Baggett? And, and yeah, it was good. I mean, that was honestly what I expected to see uh, last Saturday at uh, about 2 o'clock. So uh, he looked like he finally found his stride. Um, I, I honestly thought he was going to win that moto, but Anderson just had too much. Uh, but it was good to see it. And, you know, honestly, from what we've seen from Tomac this year, I just like to see more guys in the mix. Um, it's good for the sport to have guys. You, you really don't know what to expect going into the 450 moto right now, which is great. Uh, it's, it's much like the 250 class where there's a lot of different potential winners, a lot of different potential podium finishers. Uh, and I think parity like that is what keeps you know fans interested. So I'm all for it. Obviously, I, I cheer for Baggett for personal reasons. Um, but, you know, having him up there was great. Another, you know, thing that, that we have to think about with this championship is if you look at the points right now, for Tomac, he's kind of facing the same thing he's faced. There's, there's four KTM and Husky guys in the top six in points. So, you know, as this title 
goes further and further. Right now, it's nothing. Everybody's out for themselves. But as this goes further and further, he's got to deal with guys like Baggett and you know Wilson's been up there. He, he's obviously not quite on the pace, but he's got two fourths overall in a row. Uh, Anderson, you know, kind of had a, an issue at Hangtown to put him back in the points, but he's obviously in the mix now with already a moto win. Um, but man, for for Tomac, he's he's up against this this huge t- team effort that is KTM and Husky. Weeds, JT is really concerned with the points. It's very, I am. He's very I, concerned. I really didn't. I didn't think we would see Tomac down 15 points after four motos. I, I think that's a that's a big story. What do you think, Weeds? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's he could easily go one one next week, and Marvin could easily go three three, and there's pretty much the entire points lead. That's ten. That's ten points right there. Outdoors with double motos, and essentially it's a 24 round series instead of 17. Uh, I wouldn't be that worried. Plus, to Tomac's defense. All he did was finish second in the first moto. The brake problem wasn't his fault. I think that's why he's so pissed off. It doesn't have to be your fault. In Dallas, well, yeah, and it's, it's whoever's fault. It's the team's fault. But I feel like the brake problem in Dallas never really got the the play. Uh, you know, the the choking, supposedly, in New Jersey kind of got the blame for the title. But he finished eighth there. He finished 15th in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, that was it. That was the worst finish of the year for him. Yep. So now that it happened twice, uh, that's pretty big, but it's honestly neither of those things were his fault. The 15th in Dallas and the 19th here, not his fault. That's no. why he was so damn pissed off. Um, I, and I, on the Baggett thing, Weez, you said he made a lot of changes, and I find that funny because JT and a lot of other people were like, oh, the, the Stopwatch Nationals, Baggett is going so fast, Baggett is killing it. Here we are, two motos what? in, and according to you, Baggett made a massive changes to the motorcycle that he was so fast on. Preseason, just another thing was that he, you know. Was that true, or was that just look how good Baggett was in Supercross, and we know he's better outdoors? No, he was their actual stopwatch national. Yeah, no, the, the team went to a few of them. They went to that Zaka test, I believe, and they went to a couple places where people that I trust are like Baggett's hauling ass. So, oh, know, okay, but you know, I'm just saying, it's like three races in, he's changing everything on a motorcycle, but it worked. I mean, he went eight two, so well. Yeah. So I when you know I, I know how you feel about bike changes and and I don't really disagree to to a certain extent but if things aren't working you can't just keep doing it you know that so obviously it was the right move this time um, and and I to me once you find a good setting I think it's kind of on the rider I I really do agree with you in theory on that but if things are not going well which to me Hangtown didn't go well for Blake. Um, so yeah, I mean you've got to you've got to try to figure it out this early in the series. You can't just keep you know beating your head against the wall if things aren't working. Uh, Dean Wilson, another fourth overall, uh, good ride for good day for him. He uh, he re-upped with the Rockstar team, so he's there. He's got a new deal for eighteen. Deservedly so, yeah. right? I mean, yep, for sure. Why would they not do that, and why would he not stay? You I know, think that makes sense. I think they were like thinking Osborne was going to get the ride because he had to be moved up. But as soon as that He's rule changed, yeah, yeah, as soon as that rule changed, they're like, "Yeah, sweet, we need another 450 guy." Yeah. So, and he had a he had a guarantee to move up, so he was staying there either way. Um, it just you know, obviously with the rule change, they can kind of have their cake and eat it too. Now they've yeah. got a contender in each class. Yeah. Out of his van to start the season, and now he's got a deal for 18. Well, sorry, beginning. I was talking about Osborne. Oh, yeah. No, I know, no, I know. Um, but out of his van to start 18, and kind of like Josh Grant, I mean, Grant was done. He was showed up in Daytona on a Suzuki, and that was his only race of the year, and then he fills in for Cowie, and now look at him, and he's probably going to get a deal for next year. And yeah, I mean, but you're looking at, look at the talent caliber of these guys. I mean, Josh Grant was has never not been on a factory deal, basically, 
And Dean Wilson, the same thing. He just, you know, when things go bad, they kind of need a reality check, and then they get back on the right program. And, and for Dean, it was more injuries. But I think JG kind of needed to – I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I, I think he just needed to get a clear picture that, hey, man, like these teams aren't just going to keep paying you for nothing, you know. And obviously he's got it together now. Well, I, I, credit, I credit JG's resurgence with fly racing. Uh, I don't at all. I think okay. it's – very great for us. <laughs> I don't take it, but oh, I, no. I think it's just maturity. I think he realized, like, hey, man, I I made a lot of money here for a couple results at a time here, but, you know, if I take this seriously, I can do well week in and week out, which what is what we're seeing. The light hydrogen line allows him to move around the bike uncontested. I'll take it. Hey, you, you, keep, you keep spraying it. I'll take it. Okay. All right. Um, Pike's been good, Weege, to start. He, somebody tweeted me and said, is Weston Pike the best rider for JGR right now? <laughs> I'm like, uh, kinda. That was the big discussion back when Barsha and Pike first joined the team. Yeah. But then Barsha ended up winning a couple of nationals that first year, and it was like, okay, that was right. Maybe getting a little out of hand to go that far. But remember how good Pike was at the beginning of Supercross. He was the, he had become the next guy. Like of all the contender guys. Yeah. Were, we said there were probably like five or six, right? He was the one that was getting seventh, and then he got fifth. Uh, I think most of Chad Reed's frustration at the beginning of the year was that he could not catch Pike. We know that that doesn't make Chad happy because look where Pike came from. Uh, and for Pike to get fifth with his wrist still being pretty darn bad, like, damn it all. I, 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 being top five at a third Supercross of the year when everybody's still racing healthy and uh, being top five here in this national, I mean, Marsha has not been a top five guy by any stretch Although uh, so far. I know he... He got a moto there last year or last week, but yeah. for the most part, I don't. I, I don't think you could just stamp that Barsha would have been top five in Supercross, like like Pike already was. Yeah, although a nine six for fifth overall is a good is a bit fortunate, but hey, it is what it is. The class was so crazy with JG and Tomac having having bad days. Uh, well, look, look, look at Hangtown. Yeah, look at Hangtown as well. Yep. I mean, there was three points between fourth and ninth, so. Yep. Yep. Just, Got to put yourself in the best spot. I hope we see more of this kind of stuff. Like yeah, you said that's earlier. what I this said great. about that's what I yeah. said about Baggett and Anderson and all these guys. Like we need that. The 250 yep. class is so rich with that, and the the 450 class for years. Look at how many years we've just had a guaranteed champion, pretty much. You know, like Roxon won 20 of 24, Dungey dominated, Bill Poto dominated. You know, it's just like man, like can we please have some questions about who's going to win going in? Ferry, we, we have that. Ferry, for many years. Uh, uh, no. Christian Craig looked good until his crash. Man, he looks good on a bike. He was in line for a podium. He was looking good. Uh, might, have, might have grabbed a podium spot there. So he'll be up for a couple weeks, he says, uh, with a broken hand. Uh, Sealy had a quiet day, 7-8. Nothing, not too bad, not, not great, but it's decent. Tickle goes 14-4, and with about 10 minutes left in the first moto, he was sixth, and then he stalled it. He told me, and uh, if he if he stays in that spot, he might pull the uh, fourth overall from Dino. Tickles off to a good start, Weege. Yeah, he's really good, and he basically shadowed Marvin the entire second moto. He did, yeah. Uh, but this is part of what's great about Tickle, but also what bothers me a little bit. We have uh, every Friday afternoon we voice highlights of the previous week's race, just in case there's some crazy rain delay or something. We have to put something else on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to go back and watch clips from last week's race quite closely. So while Tomac in that second moto and Hangtown was coming forward, 
he gets to the outside of Tickle, and Tickle pretty much looks over and says, oh, God, go. <laughs> Just let him go. <laughs> and there were parts of that second photo where I'm like, I think he can pass Marvin. But that's just not what Tickle does. Like, Tickle finds his niche, finds his spot. And I think we saw a couple of Supercrosses this year. I remember you and I laughing that he pretty much waved Dunge by in uh, Detroit, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he rides really well, but when the opportunity presents itself to really go for the brass ring, that's just not his style. He'll just, he just blogs his laps. I was like, man, if he put in a heater lap here or got aggressive, he could pass Muscan. That would be huge. But he never does it. Biggest surprise to four motos so far in the 450 class. I might go with Christian Craig, although he DNF'd and hurt himself. Looks pretty good. I'm going to go with Wilson with a 4-4. Even though his results were all over the place, I did not see him going 4-4 in the first yep. two overalls. Yep. Weege? Uh, yeah, I would go with Craig. Do you think Craig would have gotten third? Did he? Have, I mean, Marvin was pretty close. Yeah. Do you think he would have gotten it? I don't know. He might have got fourth or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I expected was, Craig to do well at Glen Helen for some reason. I don't know why. I just thought with the core temps, we we, we got to remember he was leading Hangtown until he crashed. You know, so he, we had some glimpses of speed from him. Um, yeah, well, it really yeah. wasn't cooler though, JT. It's pretty hot. It, it was, uh, it was cooler. It, <laughs> it was cooler. I wasn't there, but I, I have a, a weather app that said it was you know eighty degrees versus ninety four, and that's that's a difference. No, it was not. It was not eighty degrees. Yeah, it was. I'm I telling you, no. Okay, at well, not at, not at the track. There's no chance. It was hot. But anyway, the motorcycles, the heat was just yeah radiating through the, the valley. The heat, <laughs> the heat from from Dylan Ferrandis in that second moto. Um, <laughs> hey, so Justin Heft, JT, did you have him in your fantasy league? Who? Justin Heft. Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, killed I it. Great ride for him. Uh, uh, I had the rest of my team were a lot of quitters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people I'm very mad at, and I would have not have not, not nice things to say to them. Uh, but Justin Heff was incredible. That was a yeah. great ride from him. You might remember Weech. He, he, he put in some good rides in 250 Supercross whenever he would show up. Um, and then now he goes, you know, 11, 14. It reminded me a bit of Sean Collier because he's wearing Fast House gear also. You know, one of those dudes you're like, huh? Uh, so, and he's a SoCal dude. So um, good job for Justin Heft. Yeah, when I was leaving the track Friday, I ran into Darren Durham, who hasn't been at the races much lately. So I was kind of catching up with him, and he's in the Fast House camp. They have, like, a pit over there. And I was embarrassed, so I didn't want to – he said, I'm like, are you racing? He's like, no. I'm like, you going to race this two-stroke race? And he's like, no. And I saw these bikes under the tent, and I literally had no idea whose bikes these were <laughs> or what this team even is. Right. Nothing. Right. Uh, and I should have asked because all of a sudden, yeah, he was up there. And it wasn't like the whole shot and fade. I think he got, no. what did he get, 11th? Yeah, 11th in the first good? moto, yeah. 11th, 14th. Yeah, and you're right. When he jumped on it out of nowhere in Supercross, like I think Rhino's team just called him up. Yep. Bane Baines did okay. Yep. It's a, I don't know enough about his story. He was actually one of TLD's guys like Cantrell is now. Um, his brother died in a crash, and then I think he took some time off and then, it kind of never resurfaced at TLD. I don't know if it has anything to do with that or not, but it's not like he wasn't known as someone that had talent. He's right. won some titles at Loretta's. But for whatever reason, he ended up off the radar. I don't want to speculate. But obviously, the tragedy of the family had to be maybe something to do with that. But anyway, he's got talent, so maybe this gets him back on the radar. Yeah, it was nice, nice job by him. Um, Cooper Webb, what happened second moto? I put some text out. Um, I got a uh, I, I got a 
a text back that said, I have no insight for you. And the other text back I got was, he's okay. Uh, and I said, well, is the bike working? Was the bike fine? And another one said, yes. So what, what happened? Did he, did he, did Cooper Webb just ride off the track? Like, did he just be like, ah, I'm, I'm done. I don't know. Wasn't good. That's for sure. Any insight, any insight from you two experts, please help, help me. I, I was over at that truck quite a bit, um, before the race, Mm -hmm. just to ask how last week went and what they changed. Um, and like that, I guess they had changed a lot. Um, they kind of knew going in, like, what's the point of testing? And you get to the first race, and the track is rougher, so screw it. Just do your motos and get in shape and see how it goes. So they were somewhat not panicked after the first one and thought things would go much better this time. It was arguably worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's all I know. My story ends before the first moto. <laughs> um, okay. But Jimmy Perry told me, I'm like, because he's a rookie, was that somewhat okay? Like, can you somewhat take it? He's like, no, no one was happy. Yeah. Cooper mostly, but the team also. Like, right. no one left Hangtown saying, ah, it's all good. Um, so that's I, all I know. I don't know if he just pulled off and quit or whatever. It seems I'm very, very unlike Cooper Webb, but I can't seem to find out what happened. Why? Well, I talked, to, I talked to Chad Reed, too, earlier today, and he's like, do you hear anything on Cooper? And I'm like, nope. So, obviously, there's not a lot of information flying around. Wow, rough start for, for Coop. Um, what else? Ronnie Stewart got uh, 18th in a moto, and because of that, Tom Baggett made a deal with Ronnie that he had a beat-up, broken trailer hitch on his rig, and Tom Baggett said that if you finish in the top 20, I will f- change out your, I will fix your trailer hitch for you. And so I think after the race, Tom Baggett was heading over there to fix the trailer hitch. At the track. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, I don't uh, know exactly strong. when he was going to do it, but. Good on Tom. Yep. <laughs> Top 20 for Ronnie Stewart gets a trailer hitch fi- fixed. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard a rumor that a certain rider got a, a truck. He was going to be uh, bought a new truck if he got points in both motos, and, uh, yeah, he quit. He was a lot gonna, of quitters. In the, in he was going to buy a truck or get a he free? Was gonna, he was going to be given a new truck. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 26 guys finished Moto2 in the 450 class? Yep. As a former privateer who, that was how I made my, you know, made a living was not quitting because, you know, you have to fight through at the end of the motos. That's how you can move up. And I, it, it doesn't matter to me. It's not my business anymore. But holy crap, was it frustrating to watch. When I have nothing on the line and no reason to be frustrated, I found myself <clears throat> incredibly disgusted with guys not even well some guys didn't even line up yeah and then other guys pulled off yeah. and i'm just like what are you doing like why even go why show up why spend the money why put the effort in if you're not going to do it right you know i just man it's really <laughs> tough to watch for me <laughs> it is. I, I was really frustrated I, As, on, a, on a saturday afternoon on memorial day weekend when i should have be having a great day i found myself incredibly frustrated with people that have no bearing on my life well alex ray on his brand new yamaha on thursday didn't quit. Got a he flat. He didn't quit? No. Nope. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Hey, if you're slow, listen, I've been slow. I know what it's like to be slow. But that doesn't mean you have to quit. Why even go out there if you're going to quit? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just me. I don't know. That's just how I see it. Like, why even waste your time? It's a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of effort for a lot of people, not just you, but a lot of other people that are trying to help you to quit. Uh-huh. All right. 
ran over. I, get, I, I just want to get that in. <laughs> All there. right, he's he's done. Weech, he's good. He's finished. Um, Heath Harrison, good uh, good second moto, thirteenth for him. I think that's pretty good. Again, talking about the, it was such a crazy day. Like Grant probably beats uh, Heath and Tomac beats Heath. Uh, you know, normally, uh, and Cooper Webb beats Heath normally. But anyways, thirteenth is good. So good job by him. Uh, Dakota Tedder got a point. Um, all right, anything else in 450, boys? Just FYI for folks listening, if they didn't know, Grant, you know, crashed everybody saw. And then, what, it was two or three laps to go. He was in 20th ahead of A-Ray as Tomac was closing on the points yes. positions. And then I guess Grant's motor went. So, no, really, I don't think Grant's and, motor no, went. No, I, I... Well, his bike stopped running, I know that. So then some people started saying his bike blew up which maybe that was inaccurate, but oh, okay. he had a mechanical problem that prevented him from finishing the Okay, program. all right. I'll have to yeah. double-check with my source on that because I was told that he was over it, quote-unquote. Because really? Yeah, because he had fallen, his his fuel line overflow flew out, he had to stop to put that in, uh, the suspension didn't work with some changes they made, he fell over a couple times, and he was over it. Well, if he had fuel yeah, on him, I... I can tell you that genitals and race fuel don't mix well. <laughs> yep. I've been down that road, so yep, for sure. I could be over. I would be over it too. Yep. They I, said that he crashed. Yeah, and the gas cap came off. They was afraid he'd run out, so he went in the mechanics area. They used the bottle to have you know to top yeah. off after the parade lap to top it back off, and then a mechanical problem later struck. So um, I don't know. I don't know why the team would make up mechanical problems. <laughs> it only makes them look worse. Ah, uh, Kawasaki. <laughs> Kawasaki did not have a banner day. Oh, no. <laughs> if, if you want to, uh, you know, what was those? Uh, what was those uh, ads? The competition is green with envy. You know, all those kind of ads. Yeah. Well, they had that huge thumb that Team Green has was face down. <laughs> it was thumbs down. It really was. Oh man, Kawi had a tough day. Um, but I, I was tell, talking to another Kawi guy at the end of the day, and I said, "Yeah, like we we're kind of saying, you know, what a day it was." And I said, it makes you appreciate the days when it goes right. And, and the guy said, yep, exactly, exactly. So, And it's motorsports, and you just never, no, ever know. No, it was not Bruce. It was not Bruce. Um, but uh, Skull and Crossbones flag is still, still a highlight <laughs> of my day. The best idea I've heard in 2017 <laughs> across all spectrums. Skull, best idea, period. I told Bruce about how we started talking in the wrestler announcer voice and about how it's out. He flew out. It's <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he loved it. Yeah, that was great. So, I told them, hey, thanks, you know, for making Supercross so exciting by having Eli in such a hole to dig out of all year to make it interesting. And thanks for doing it again here. And he said, yeah, we ran out of all the money that Feld paid us for that, so we had to go to MX Sports for a second payment. Uh, <laughs> so we just had the same problem, so we fall behind again to make it interesting. Right, right. So, so uh, appreciate that, Cowie guys. Uh, thumbs. <laughs> Green with envy. All right, okay. Uh, so the Fly Race and Racer X podcast brought to you by Alpine Star Protects. Uh, let's go to commercial break here. Listen to this commercial from Race Tech, folks. Listen for the code to save money for that. And Michelin Star Cross 5 as well. Great tire from the folks at Michelin. And so check, check these commercials out, and I'll be right back after with some 250 talk. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. 
give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back! FireRacing.com, everybody. Please check them out. Uh, great company, much more than just riding gear as well. You'd be surprised at all the stuff that uh, Fly Racing makes. Alpine Stars protects, and uh, please get the NBC Sports Gold app as well. This is the 250 Motocross Class Review. Uh, first up, though, so Kyle Cunningham crashes out of the day, gets taken to the hospital. He guess he's going to be okay. I saw on social media and everything else. Uh, but Weege, um, when I said, hey, I heard it was a spleen at the end of the day, Kyle Cunningham's number one super fan, Aaron Hansel, very concerned. Yeah, he shot up. He was busy typing notes, and he might have had headphones on at the time. He shot up. Oh, he calls her. I, I don't know why you're leading our 250 discussion with this, but because that gets into the next, that gets into the next thing where you guys went to Mitch Payton's on Friday, and Hansel, oh, and I Hansel, see where you're going. and Hansel, yeah. who's again a Cunningham super fan. Hansel, broke it down with Peyton. Why have you never hired Kyle Cunningham? 
<laughs> yeah. For starters, uh, yeah, I was invited to a party at Mitch Payton's house Friday night, thanks to our buddy John Knowles from Scott Goggles, and I brought Hansel with me uh, as our Racer X guy, and we got to hang out around the fire pit at Mitch's house, you know, learning stuff, BSing. It was classic, right? Uh, but I have a feeling after the way Saturday went, we will never be invited back. <laughs> it will never. It could not have been the the worst. Worst luck charm, not a good luck charm. But Hansel did finally say, "Finally got it." Yeah, hey, um, <laughs> doing some research at Kyle Cunningham. He's written for a lot of teams, but conspicuous by its absence. <laughs> why? Like as if Mitch has any explaining to do of why he never hired right. Kyle, Cun- right, Kyle Cunningham. Right, right. Mitch How is like, you? Mitch is like, I'm not familiar. Who is this writer you speak of? <laughs> yeah, oh. and then our buddy Knowles. You know how Knowles can get when he's a little bit tuned up. He got very angry. Over that, <laughs> very angry. <laughs> oh man, I loved it. Uh, but Weed, you had an interesting theory that you shared with Adam Cincerillo on our text about what happened to Pro Circuit's bikes. Well, every Kawasaki rider had a mechanical problem in both classes. Every one, three two fifty guys, Grant and Tomac, apparently had problems. Yep. But there was one shining light, one man, no bike problems in either moto. Yep. Which is Adam. Cincerillo, so perhaps like Star Racing last year, purposely sabotaging both Martin brothers at High Point to give their chosen son, Cooper Webb, the mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Mitch has made his decision. Yes. You you watch too much wrestling. You've watched too much wrestling in your life. You really have. <laughs> Look, the Star Racing sabotaging the Martins was not my theory. That's completely no. preposterous right. and ridiculous that they would ever... Oh, yeah, here's Cooper Webb, fifth in points with a broken wrist. Let's get these guys out of here because Cooper's got this. Savachi's got a 20-point lead. Let's take two of our guys out. (laughs) Like any team would ever do that. Let's spend all this money testing and uh, sending you a check in the mail every month and paying you and then purposely take you out. Um, But if that's the theories that roam through the pits, and we hear things of riders claiming they're sabotaged all the time, as insane as that is, Let's just throw it out there again. One man did not have bike problems. Ah, uh, yeah. And you said, uh, yeah. So Adam's the chosen one. Hey, by the way, though. Uh, so, uh, what do you think, JT? You think Mitch did that? Sabotage everyone? Uh, yes. I uh, know. Okay. All right. Just checking. <laughs> okay. Um, and JT, your thoughts on on Hansel never getting his answer on why Peyton never hired Kyle Cunningham? Uh, yeah, that's uh ridiculous conversation i did see a great video though parody video about uh the the day that pro circuit had if anybody wants to check that out <laughs> you're like the mcdonald's guy loving it just loving that video i'm loving it i liked it the first time this second and third and fifth and sixth time i'm okay i'm good yeah, I, I get that the, the theme is played out i just like i thought the writing was very well done that's all okay. I, i'm not saying it's original right. or any of that there must be other movie scenes you could do it with, right? Yeah, I did think that the only, you know what, the part that made me laugh was when the girl, one girl looks over at the other girl and says, he would have never, he still wouldn't have caught, or he still would have caught him or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that part was actually funny. I, uh, I think the, the best tweet comes from our buddy Bob, who said, we're about to find out if a wheelchair can fit up someone's ass. <laughs> that one was good. Uh, so, okay. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm buddies with Osborne. Obviously, I know him well. So I started my post race interview with him. Uh, with man, you really backed into that one. But seriously, uh, 
4-2 for the overall. <laughs> I know I'm such an I'm such an asshole. I like I don't know what is wrong hey, with me. Hey, the check's still cash, bro. No, I know. And I don't know what's wrong with me. Why I ask these questions like this. But uh, anyways, no, but for reals, uh, he left Hangtown with a 14-point lead. He has a 21-point lead now with a 4-2 overall. He uh, almost died in the first moto apparently on this sweeper. I got to watch his crash, he told me. And his Oh almost, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, his almost crash. Um but uh he was great. He was good again. Uh both motos, JT. Yeah, he was great. Um, I was actually really shocked at just how much time he lost to Ferrandez. And, I mean, that's that's what you got to do in certain scenarios when, when a guy's just better, like Ferrandez is, especially when Ferrandez goes DNF, DNF at the first round. Uh, you That's how you win championships. And, yeah, he wasn't as good as Dylan Ferrandez. That's like a moto. Point blank, no other way to look at it. But, as you said, he went in with 14. He left with 21. He's got another overall win. So, you know, big picture. That's He's got some smart people in his corner now. Alden Baker's won a lot of titles. And you can you can guarantee that after that moto, and he lost by 20 seconds, that was the first thing he said. It's like, hey, he was just on it. He had a great moto. You won the overall. We move forward. Yeah, no. You know? uh, Zacho said, I tried to run with him. Horrendous. He was unbelievable. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you so. can see him trying, but that's that's just how it goes yeah. sometimes, man. People are going to have motos where you just got to hand it to them. You just tip your cap and move on. But Weege, I know a guy who writes PRs for Geico Honda, and it's been rough. It's been really, really rough. But finally, somewhat, things are turning around, and that PR will be positive. Jeremy Martin took off with the moto win. And he probably would have won the second one had he not paid a little more attention to the water being laid down. And, and, but as it was, came from way back to seventh. Like, okay, so everyone on the team can exhale. J-Mart's good. Yeah, he's sixth in the points, but J-Mart's good. Yeah, normally when that guy that writes the PRs hangs up the phone doing this podcast on Sunday, it's very hard to come up with something to write about. <laughs> right. Whoever that guy would be. Yeah, yeah. Whoever that guy would be. Yeah. But today, when he hangs up the phone after doing this podcast, it will be a little easier. Uh, yeah, because there's a bunch of things. Not only is J-Mart good, but, you know, until you saw J-Mart in that bike winning and looking like the old J-Mart, you just, you just had to say, you're not quite sure. I mean, you got to give him the respect in general, but until you see it. And to me, not only did he dominate that first photo, but he looked the, the same great. things that he yes. was doing before that was so yes. good. Yep. The, the corner speed was just ridiculous, all that stuff. And a whole shots, I guess, the bike fast enough. Uh, I think everyone was wondering if that bike was going to be a significant downgrade power-wise from his old bike. So it's fast enough. I don't know if it's faster than a star bike, but it'll get the job done. So that was encouraging. And, dude, he still almost won the overall. So you're right. Points, don't worry about it. That class is – everyone's inconsistent. He can make up the points as long as he's fast. Yeah, he clearly is I mean, still fast. I mean, we knew he was because we we gave you know two two of us picked him for the title, two of us picked Osborne, so we all knew that. But you know, it's just it's like a stamp, the stamp of like, okay, J Mart, yeah, bike's good, took off for the win, rode a great second moto, you know. So uh, JT, he needed two spots to get the overall uh, in that second moto, so that was kind of exciting to watch him track that down. Yeah, I mean, you look at what happened to him. You know, he ran away with the first moto, and then the second moto, he jumps out to another hole shot. And I just texted you a picture uh, of that hole shot, and that was, I mean, incredible. What what a start uh, for a bike that's honestly taken some heat. Um, the bike hasn't been updated in a long time. There's been a lot of people that have complained that said basically it's behind the other manufacturers. But yesterday, two hole shots. Uh, and arguably, you know, other than a J-Mart mistake, he could have gone 1-1. So, 
Um, I think he put a lot of questions to bed. Uh, I don't, you know, who knows how the rest of the season plays out, but the, the question of can J-Mart win on that bike, I think, was answered. Yeah, someone told me he got out of the gate and just stood straight up. He leaned back. He was kind of crouched down. Yeah. Uh, GL made mention of this on the, on the telecast. He crouched down. He wasn't sitting. He had all his weight back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's textbook, Hard getting to... all the weight back on the rear wheel and trying to find every bit of power you can. He's just a small guy. You're like, is he sitting? Is he standing? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, for us short guys, it becomes a very boring line of right. whether you're standing or, or crouched um, down. But uh, he was great, for sure. Uh, what did you see in that crash, JT? He just spun in the mud. I mean, that's, you know, Glen Helen is tough because it's got a, it's got a sandy base, but it's got some, some hard, slippery areas. And then they water it uh, notoriously bad before on the hot lap. So that first lap is scary. And when you come around and, and you know, for J, for J. Marty's got the whole shot and he's full sprint that first lap. And, yeah, just a mistake. I mean, it wasn't anything other than he got wheel spin and shot him off the track. Um. Weege, uh, AC fell in the second turn, and uh, he was 27th on the first lap, and he came all the way back to uh, seventh. Second moto, he got third. Good day for Adam. Yeah, and he's second in the points uh, because the other teammates have been sabotaged. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's fine. It's not. I mean, honestly, he, he's had some good starts and he didn't win any motos, so it's not spectacular. But I think what we're seeing is, now that Osborne didn't go 1-1 again, the class is kind of back to what it normally is, which is it's just going to be pretty nutball, and there's going to be chances to make up points and chances to lose a ton of points, and he hasn't lost any. And honestly, I mean, dude, he's had as many problems as anybody through the years, staying upright, staying healthy, just getting through the damn day without blowing huge points. So I think you take that. I mean, between Osborne being so good last week, J. Martin his first moto, Ferrandis in the second moto. Mm-hmm. There are some really fast guys out there, and there's no nothing has shown that AC is going to just blow those guys away. But I guess with how nutty this class is going to be, maybe right now you just take your consistency and, and be happy with it. It's uh, odd, though, Weed. So AC has a great first moto at Hangtown. Second moto, he's up, he's in the top three, and he fades back to eighth, you know, visibly tired. So this weekend, he crashes in the second turn, works his balls off to get up to seventh. You figure, like, okay, he's going to get a bit tired again, uh, but he was stronger than ever second moto. It just goes to show you, like, there's not, it's motocross. There's different shit happens from week to week. Well, that's partially only because you're claiming the weather was the same between the two races. I'm not saying it was the same. No, I didn't say that. You did. Yes, you did. I did not say the same. I said it was hot. Weech. Weech. I did not you, say You made it sound like there was no difference. No, no. Day, it was the same. It was hot at Glen Helen. Was it as hot as Hangtown? Probably not. It was no, hot. No, there is though. no probably. So That's why I, they make temperature I didn't, gauges. I didn't That's why, say. You know, they're Fahrenheit and Celsius and Kelvin and all kinds of things. I did not say it was the same. I said it was hot, though. That's it. It's hot. Um supposed to be like 76 I think or 78 when I was uh, going to bed on Friday night and uh, I thought it was it was fairly hot so Adam Adam did well fourth overall Ferrandis again we touched on it that was a good moto holy crap that was a good moto uh, guy goes yeah. from 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 knocked out at Hangtown missing both motos I, he, I think he only rode press day um, this week at Glen Helen and then uh, set first moto was just kind of ordinary like whatever and then I don't know where that came from, but if this kid does, I, if this kid does it some more, man. How much do we credit Will Hahn? Yeah, I don't know. 
All of it, I think. Every oh, single I, yeah, one. I would say all of it. Yep. That's fair. Yep. Every single thing. Uh, Colt Nichols was good again. Man, this guy. He's been the quiet story of 2017 outdoors so far to me. Yeah, he was great. Not um, winning, you know, not a, not in the title fight really, but really impressive and really under the radar coming in. He wasn't great at all in outdoors last year. Like, he struggled. Yeah, so no, really that's what I'm saying. Like, completely off the radar coming in, and he's been quietly very solid. Uh, the Amart Aaron Plessinger battle continued, Weege. The T-Train got yeah, it done, though. The T-Train <laughs> got it done, although we, we needed a crash from Aaron late in the race to make it happen. But uh, This is going to be fascinating to watch you two with your entrenched on two sides. I don't think that was your intent, JT, to be fully on the Plessinger camp, but here we are. Yeah, I, I mean, it's are, typical, uh, typical Mathis. He says something and then claims he didn't say it, just like we did with the weather. A minute ago. Are you saying that I said it was as hot as Glen Helen? Because I will go you back did. and listen. Yeah. Okay, I will go back and listen. Yep. And uh, I will. Sh- I will prove you wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, we're three. We're three up right now on Plessinger. Third in the points. Amart had a so-so day. It was just okay. Um, he. I mean, won- you're lucky. You're he- lucky that Plessinger had a big crash. Yeah. Prof Throw for, that out there. Prof for Plessinger for getting up. Well, we got to get some points this weekend because high points coming up. You know. AP's really good there. So. Uh, yeah, but Amart's good. I, he didn't go 2-2 to win the overall like did last year, which is a little concerning. But Amart's solid. I, I don't think it's a track-to-track thing for Amart. He'll be good week in and week out. Uh, Mosaman was really good again. 8-10 for the rookie, Weech. It's, it's officially Mosman. Oh, it is? It is Mosman. Just ignore. The, they, the parents told me, pretend the I is an E, and it would look like Mose. Ah. I'll check that for uh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, dude, like passing legit guys and or when he would get passed by legit guys hanging right with them. It's one thing I almost write off these the first race for these guys. Yeah. It just happens so often. We talked about it last week. Hangtown, they just come out all fired up. But when you do it in the second race, that means a lot more. This was good. Savachi was good too. Second pl- second place, first moto. So he 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 got a bad start. Second moto. Um, I was told too, by the way. All we think the bikes all had the same problem. The PC bikes. So certainly uh, seemed that way. Shades of um, yeah. Shades of Southwick ninety uh, eight or whatever. When they all stuff like that happens. Not. Though you get a bad batch from a vendor, or you get you know stuff like that's out of control. Try new things, and there's a fail. You know, just yep. a fail rate on it. Um, yeah, I mean it's a bad deal. Um, we've seen we've seen it before from you know other manufacturers where it's not really their fault. Just you yeah. know the tolerance was off on a part, and you have a bunch of them all put in the same time. It's just uh, it's a little strange because Adam didn't didn't uh, have a problem, and Savachi's problem was second moto. Hill and Forkner were first moto. You know, it's a little bit yeah. random for sure to yeah. say it was a, a part, but yeah, it's strange. Cantrell was good again, ten eleven twelve. So Mosman. And Cantrell duking it out right now. And Olden- yeah, they're good, solid rookies. I mean, I, I didn't expect them to do that well, but they've been good. And Oldenburg broke a uh, collarbone weech? Yeah, that's what I've heard. And remember, he broke it uh, in Supercross, so yeah. that's no good. He's got his deal signed already for next year, so it's it sucks. Don't get me wrong. Getting hurt sucks. But at least he's not in a contract, oh, my God, what am I going to do now situation. Uh, Bradley Taff was good. 
Good for Brad. Was. Come back? Yeah. He was. He's only been riding a few weeks. Right. I didn't uh, yeah. I didn't think he would. His starts were on point. He faded back a little bit, but, um, yeah, it was good. And somehow Nick Gaines is consistent now. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow in this bizarre world, Nick Gaines is super consistent this Mr. year. Mr. Reliable. He is. Uh, he wants 15 to 15, and he did well at Hangtown, too. Um, oh, uh, Weege, the can you ask the Geico PR guy if Cameron McAdoo is still alive? Uh, he is. Cameron McAdoo even responded to the Geico PR guy to say he was alive, unless someone else was doing the texting for him from the hospital. Okay, all right. Uh, but uh, he said he hit neutral on that jump. And, by the way, he had bike problems in the first moto. So now I'm starting to think, if we totaled up in these uh, four 250 motos, are we reaching all-time record of bike problems? <laughs> the problem is, is, is uh, so, I saw one guy with a wheel broken, private three-digit guy. I didn't make a note of him. but So you know what I mean? You don't even know that these like, there's guys we don't even know that had problems. Yeah. But, okay, Mark had, had a bike problem. Bike, man. <sighs> Yeah, Glenn Helen is bad, but even Hangtown, we had some, you know, Forkner had a problem in Hangtown, Jamar had a problem in Hangtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree. Just, I just, Glenn crazy. Helen is just always, always tough. I've had more DNFs at Glenn Helen, I would argue, than any other race in my life. Just be, and never, wasn't really my fault, just bike brakes, bike tracks hard on bikes, big jumps, wheels fail, engines fail, because you're wide open for, you know, most of the track. Uh, it's just tough. Glenn Helen is so bad on bikes that I locked up my bike locked up on the cement starting pad before the gate <laughs> oh, dropped. God. Before the gate dropped. That's Come how on. that's how tough it is on bikes. Well, think about think about Glen Helen, and I know you guys haven't raced there for a national, but you've watched enough. Uh, think about how much those, how long that those guys are wide open on that track, like full out everything they've got throttle. You just think about it as you watch those guys go around the track. Most of the track they're wide open. If they're not going down a hill, they're wide open. Um, yeah, concrete start weeds. We were revving it up to, to lay the rubber down, and uh, some of the some of the stuffer stuffing in the crankcase just came out and locked it up, right there. <laughs> great, great times, good times, KTM. Um, Unbelievable. Hey, listen, uh, Nico Izzy's had a rough uh, last few years, his personal life and problems and everything else. He's back racing, and JT talked about the quitters. Uh, in, in both weeks, we've had a lot of them, and Nico Izzy has put four motos down in the roughness, out of the points. It hasn't got a point yet, but tip of the visor to Nico. Yep. For, yeah, I, I don't like talking about people's personal life that way, and, and I, I applaud you for never going down that road because I just think it's super lowbrow and petty. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think even though his results haven't been good, good for him, man. Like, things have not been easy for him, as no. you've said, and he – has ridden in the 20s the whole time. This is a former factory guy that was in the mix for wins and titles and all that good stuff, and he didn't quit. So say whatever you want. He's made some really poor choices, and I've heard some really bad stories, but the fact remains he went out there and suffered through it and didn't quit. So yeah. I, I will commend him for that. And four straight at that. So Yep. Um, Weege, is Mitchell Harrison good? I don't know. <laughs> I know the results would say yes, but it's unfortunate for him almost. At this point, if you're on a star racing Yamaha and you're doing good, I don't know if I can give the rider credit because they all do good. They all do good. That Yamaha is ridiculous. They all do good. And then you see Taft getting good starts for Cycle Trader. 
uh, it almost reminds me of where you were with, say, Pro Circuit in the early days of the four strokes, where it's like you almost had to start measuring on a curve. Like, right. hmm, how good will this guy be when he goes to the 450s? Is he legit good? Or if he got a 10% bike power advantage over everyone on the track. I did see a star Yamaha, and I made, I tried to make a note of who it was, and I couldn't see the number. Literally come up on Moseman up the hill, pull out to the left, pass him, pull into the right. Cool. Now, maybe maybe <laughs> Moseman made a mistake or, you know, hit neutral, you know what I mean? Something like that. But I literally, like, I just saw this guy just go right around Moseman, at the top of the hill, dive inside, and keep going. Slingshot so, engaged. Yeah, yeah. But they're good, for sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't mean that to bag on Harrison. It's more of just to say the track record for those bikes and seeing multiple of them, you know, four or five Yamahas on a top 10 moto after moto. Yep. Eventually, you just have to start assuming that it's part bike. Yep. Uh, Dakota Alex back at the 40 class. Dakota Alex had a decent day as well. And Moseman, brother, got five points. This guy rode last year in the 250 class, never got a point. Yep. Raced every race. I watched him. He was back there just suffering all season. Yep. yep. And, and now he's got uh, six points in the 450 class. So I don't know if that says 450 class is not as deep or whatever. But good hey, jo- just good don't job, quit. I'm telling you. Just don't quit. That's um, the battle. He hasn't been in the top 20. Like It's not like he's been running 15th the whole moto. No, he's nope. been like 25th the whole moto, and then he doesn't quit, yep. and good things happen. So uh, anything else, guys? Yeah, speaking of the dudes not, like, I don't know what their plan is, to, as JT, you're saying, like, you're a privateer, you got to get out there. So I walked past Teddy Park's pit leaving the track on Saturday. Oh, boy. And MX Sports people tell me that the gigantic Teddy Park's rig had zero riders at Hangtown and one rider this weekend. So why is there, like, a quarter mile of pit space dedicated to privateers, but none of the privateers are actually competing? There's probably... That's all I know. I'm sure there's details that I'm not aware of, but that just seemed bizarre. Well, what are the 30 riders he normally has? We, we only had 42 250s again. And this is in Southern yeah. California, so I yeah. don't really know what's going on. This is an interesting thing, and, and I tend to think it'll pick up back up back up east on the East yeah, Coast. Yeah, Mount Morris will be the real telltale, because if it doesn't change, yeah. then we're just in for a long summer. Yeah, Cra- crazy, man. You're right, though, Weege. That, that is, you know, well, you know what? The purse hasn't changed for a long time. You're not making much money. The it's a ton of work. It's hard, man. You it's know, really hard. Yeah, like I, I don't, I can't blame somebody if they told me if some privateers like I don't want to do nationals. You know, I'm not gonna get a factory ride. I can't say, oh yeah, you need to do them because it's hard. So. Oh yeah, I totally get all the reasons to not do it. I yeah. mean, probably the very first thing is. You know, unlike Supercross, you make it and you don't get top 20, you score zero points and you make zero money. You, you got to you, make in the field, you can ride your balls off for two motos, but if you get 35th, you're not really getting anything for it. And there's a million other reasons I get all those. Hey, four strokes are expensive now. Hey, 30 minutes is difficult. It's, it's all this. I get it. But here's the one part I keep going back to. None of that changed since last year. No. None nope. of it. Nope. Everyone has a theory. Everyone has a theory. That's that's where we are in the world. Everybody's an expert in everything. But every theory I've heard, I'm like, yes, but that was the same. I asked. The license process is no different than last year. The entry fees are no different. The purse is no different. It's not like the price of motorcycles went up significantly in one year's time. Maybe they're more than they were on the two-stroke days, but that's the part. I heard one theory. It's the only one that I could point to. Uh-oh. Uh, it, no, it's actually not bad. Who Who told it to you? Well, it's not a great source, but, <laughs> but 
it made sense. Okay. Apparently, years ago, several years ago, three or five years ago, the AMA was pointing more riders toward this Pro-Am series. They were making it harder to get the points to be able to enter a national. This happened several years ago. But it maybe wasn't noticeable the first couple of years because there were enough riders that were already in that it, you were still going to get 70 entries at a national anyway. But if five or eight of those guys each year go away, retire, move on, whatever, and then you're not replenishing it with five or eight because it's harder to get the license now, you eventually are down to only getting 40 riders to enter. And that was like, you know what, that's the only one that I can actually say that could make sense. Because if they doubled the process or the entry fee this year, I get it. But they didn't, they didn't change it. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, you told me, if you told me Nationals tomorrow are going to a 30-man field with, and everybody gets points, I'd be like, okay. Like, honestly, I'd be like, okay, sure. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I know everyone's going to say shitting on privateers as I award, as JT and I and Grandstone Boots awards money to somebody this week again. But I'm just saying. It's like, ah, whatever. So. Yeah, I'm looking at Hangtown last year, 28 in one session, 33 in another. No, 62, I checked. So that's, yeah. yeah. So how do you lose literally at 50%? You've gone from 62 to, to just basically 40. You lost 20. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think the app is too good. People want The riders want to stay home and just watch. Perhaps you, grab a, perhaps you grab a to the DFJT and get out there. and get Perhaps some, not. And get some money. And some exposure. Perhaps not. Okay. Maybe JS7. Yeah. Although, okay, I'll give you that stupid video. That was funny. At the very end, it said called, somebody called JS7. <laughs> so I'll give you that part, but that's about it. Um, all right. Anything else, boys? Nope. Lakewood this weekend? I'll be in Japan, but you guys oh, have fun. We need a word of the day. Damn it. All right. Quickly, anybody? I do not believe the good fortune of Hindenburg and Ozzy oh. Humanity happened to take place on a weekend where <laughs> you dropped a twi- bike were just grenading. Did you drop it twice? Did you drop it twice? Someone told me. I did. <laughs> First, I did it to get it in, and then I realized this just actually fits too well to not go and use again. I got one. Baby Ruth. Okay. <laughs> Baby not- Ruth. Yeah. I watched Goonies earlier. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Baby Ruth is the word of the day, Weege. Good luck with that one. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. JT, are you going to miss out altogether with time zone-wise? Uh, yeah, I worked it out. Go back the, and get the job done. The, the gate will drop at 4 a.m. on the uh, the night. I get there at 5 p.m., so that morning, the next morning, gates will drop at 4 a.m., so I'm planning on getting up at 3.30, making some coffee, and watching it. But the good news oh, is geez. I'll be so jet-lagged it won't matter. So, yes, I will be watching. You don't need to try that hard. Oh, I, I love it. I want to watch no one's making me do this. But I'll be in Japan. I feel like it's it'll be sweet. Like, why not? Get up, have some coffee in Tokyo, and watch racing. Like, that's kind of why don't experience you, I probably won't get again. Why don't you call RC? Have him come over to the room, or you go to his uh, room? He doesn't fly in until Saturday, so I would if not. Okay. Oh. Honestly, okay, you're going, for people that don't realize, you're going to test the 2018 Suzuki RMZ 450. The whole group, I, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone does this. Yeah, we need to just have a uh, lobby party at, you know, yeah. 3.45 a.m. Yeah, that's, that's probably cool. a good idea. Yeah. NBC Sports Gold yeah. app. It's easy to do. Uh, although, I don't know if Japan is on the list of countries that it works. We, I think we should need to know Uh-oh. that first. Yeah. Uh, Uh-oh. Um, all right, I'll everybody. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. Racer X podcast uh, presented by Alpine Stars Protects. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Uh, thanks, boys. See you. See ya.
Okay, so I went back into the archive, and despite what JT said, that I said it was the same temperature, I never did say that, but I did say it was hot, and it was, but I didn't exactly compare the temperatures. But we did go back into the archives, and we checked out what exactly was said, and here it is. Um, yeah, well, it really yeah. wasn't cooler, though, JT. It's pretty hot. It, it was, uh, it was cooler. It, <laughs> it was cooler. I wasn't there, but I, I have a, a weather app that said it was, you know, 80 degrees versus 94, and that's, that's a difference. No, it was, not, it was not 80 degrees. Yeah, it was. I'm I, telling you, no. Okay, at well, not at, not at the track. There's no chance. It was hot. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse I mean, you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did pro circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money one is you can sign for money or two you can earn the money i'm a high believer in earning the money i think they ride better when they earn the money seven time jeremy mcgrath i was so mad like so disappointed and so frustrated that i pulled pick and i left Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,